morning church it's a joy and a privilege to stand here in front of you all it's a joy and a privilege always to remember the sacrifice of our god to participate of the table and as we always remind each other let us sit with a prayerful heart and ask the lord to speak to each and every one of us let us examine our own lives in the light of what the scripture has in store for us this morning Uh, can i request all of you to open your bibles your phone your tablet to first corinthians in chapter 10 as we will continue our study in the book uh, of first corinthians we're just waiting for the phone to be set up So if you were to just look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 if you remember the last time uh, we looked at verse 31 this is where we closed in our study of this book the last time for whether we eat or whether we drink or whatever we do we studied that we do it all for the glory of God I hope you remember when we were talking about the glory of God in in the most simplest term we explained that it could signify or it does signify the beauty of who god actually is so to do all for the glory of god can also mean to do everything that we ought to do so that we let the world know that the god that we worship the god that we serve is indeed a beautiful god so to do it all for the glory of god means to let the whole world know that our god is indeed a beautiful god that is what we had looked at the last time whether it is we eat whether it is we drink or whatever we do we do it all for the glory of god that is what we looked at the last time to do everything for god's glory to let the whole world know that we are indeed worshiping praising a god who is truly beautiful now if you remember just for our for our, for the refreshing of our memory how can we glorify god there were two things that we looked at and if you look at your bibles number one we we looked at holding on to the example of the lord jesus christ holding on to the example of the lord jesus christ and how do we hold on to the example of the lord jesus christ number 1 we studied about how we must imitate christ when you and i imitate the lord jesus christ we give glory to god number 2 we studied as to why it is important at all points of time to do to point at all points of time to the heavenly father in all that we do we always give focus to the heavenly father because that is what christ himself did christ himself at all points of time pointed to the heavenly father and that gives him the glory another way in which you and i can follow the example of the lord jesus christ is to care for one another you see that through the life and the ministry of the lord jesus christ the lord jesus christ never came into this world to look after his own needs the lord jesus christ never came into this world to look after his own wants but rather it was for the needs of others and in looking for after the needs of others you and i collectively can give glory can give honor 
to God. So holding on to the example of the Lord Jesus Christ is one way how you and I can give glory to God. Thanks. Number two, another way how you and I can give glory to God, what we studied the last time was to hold on to the teachings of Scripture. To hold on to the teachings of scripture. That is what Apostle Paul says in chapter 10 verse 31 onwards. Hold on to the valuable truths that you and I see in God's word. Why should we do that? Number one, Apostle Paul goes on to explain that he received his teachings from Christ and Christ alone. And therefore you and I follow the examples taught by God found in scriptures. When you and I follow the teachings that is found in scripture, you and I will give glory to God. Why should you and I follow the example of scriptures? Because the scriptures, number two, allows us to understand the use of our Christian freedom. How is it that you and I are supposed to live our Christian life? Well, everything is written in the holy word of God. What is it that you and I must do? What is it that you and I must not do? What are the boundaries that is set for a born-again believer is found in the light of the truth of God's holy word. And number three, the reason why you and I should hold on to scriptures because scriptures record the doctrines of our faith. The scriptures record the doctrines of our faith. I want to take the next couple of minutes to emphasize on the last point, the doctrines of our faith. And the reason why I want to do that is because in the second section of the book of 1 Corinthians, Apostle Paul deals with this important topic of Christian doctrines. From chapters 11 onwards to chapter 16, Apostle Paul deals with this important Christian doctrines of the church. I mean, now you and I can be honest, right? When you and I hear the word doctrine, we immediately think of some heavy Undigestible, undigestible stuff, right? Right. If, if there was a session, if there were two sessions hi, uh, happening simultaneously and one was about the doctrines and one was a practical topic, many of us might, right? Many of us would find it more easy to sit in the practical session because you and I often think that doctrines are too heavy for me to understand, right? Too heavy for you and I to digest, too heavy for you and I to be able to apply in our Christian lives. And many a times, born-again believers might not be so willing enough to understand what are the doctrines taught in the New Testament church. So I want to spend the next couple of minutes to give us an understanding together from scriptures as to what do we mean by doctrine. What do we understand by the term doctrine? What does Apostle Paul talk about doctrine as he begins this new section in his teachings in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 up till chapter 16? What do you and I understand by the term doctrine? Now when you and I think of the word doctrine, there are three important words that I want us to keep in our mind. Three important words that I want us to keep in mind when we talk about the word doctrine. And listen to me very carefully as I explain this. Number one, when we talk of the word doctrine, my, 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 my desire this morning is to make this as simple so that you and I can understand and apply this in our life. So therefore, listen very carefully. Number one, when we think of the word doctrine, one of the most important words that I want us to keep in mind is that doctrine signifies instructions. When you think of the word doctrine, the word instructions need to come in our minds. Doctrines also mean instructions. Why do you and I need instructions? You and I need instructions so that we can th do things a lot better. You agree with me? 
Yes or no? Yes or no? And so you know what doctrines signify instructions. And sometimes instructions are important for us because instructions allow us to understand what you and I can do better. When you and I read the word of God, you and I read and understand and study the doctrines of God's holy word as instructions. So that when you and I understand these instructions, you and I will be better able to live our Christian lives. Better able to function as a church of God. Better able to do the ministry that God desires of us. And how can we collectively do these things? By understanding the instructions that God has ordained for us that is found in the Holy Word of God. So doctrines, number one, keep in your mind, when you think of the word doctrines, I want us to think of the word instructions. Number two, and quickly, the word doctrine also signifies teachings. The word doctrines also signifies teachings. Now if somebody were to come up to you today and and were to ask you, where do you derive your teachings from? You and I would say our teachings come from the holy word of God. Doctrines not only signify instructions, but doctrines also signify teaching. You and I, born again brothers and sisters, come together on a Sunday. Why do we do that? Primarily it is to worship our God, to give him thanks for his sacrifice for us on the table. Not only for that, but it is also so that we spend ample amount of time being taught from the holy word of God. And what do you and I study from the word of God? We study his doctrines. We study his teachings. Because doctrine also signifies the teachings found in the Holy Word of God. Now listen to me carefully. Number one, doctrines signify what? Instructions. Number two, doctrines signify teaching. And number three, if you look at the word doctrine, it also signifies this word, your way of life. Your way of life. The word doctrine also signifies this important word, your way of life. Now let me say it in this way. Why is it that we follow the instructions that is given in God's word? Why is it that you and I teach from God's word on a weekly basis? So that this doctrine that you and I receive, that we apply in our life, not only is a knowledge, not only is wisdom, but it becomes our way of life today. You and I live a particular way. You and I have a particular standard. You and I have a particular understanding. All because we base it on the word of God. On the basis of our doctrine. And that slowly becomes, becomes our way of life. Am I making sense? Yeah? So doctrines can be called as instructions or teachings that slowly becomes the way of our life, the way of our pattern, the way in which how Calvary Bible Fellowship begins to function. We do things in a particular way. We are different from a lot of other churches. And why are we different like that? It is because of our doctrines. It is because of the instructions we have received, the teachings that go out on a regular basis, and also that has become our pattern, that has become our way of life. Now I want you to take a minute and I want you to think. If you look at Christendom, there are so many kind of denominations, right? Yes or no? And I look at the audience and I know that we all come from different backgrounds. Yes or no? And if you look, we are all different in the way we explain our our doctrine, in our instruction, 
in our teaching and what has become our way of life. That is why it is important for you and me to hold on to that which is right taught in the Holy Word of God. Because our instructions that we've received from the Lord Jesus, which has become our regular teaching, will slowly become the way of life that every believer in our church will practice, will believe, and will, will, will exhibit as a born-again believer. Let me give you an illustration. There are Christians who believe and they who teach that even if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, that there is a possibility that you could lose your salvation. There are Christians like that who teach. They have the same Bible that we have. But they also teach according to their doctrine. Even if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is possible for you to lose your salvation. If you commit a sin, they would say, it means that you have lost your salvation. And that has become their way of life, brothers and sisters. But I praise and I thank God that we as a church do not believe in such false teachings. Rather, we believe that if you have placed your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus, if you are saved once, you are always saved. Nothing can change your standing in the midst of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about the way of life. Think, of a, think about a person who has believed such a false teaching. Think about his or her way of life, right? Every single day they would live their life with so much of tension and worry. Imagine if they begin to commit a mistake. Then throughout that day or throughout that week, they would walk about thinking, Oh my God, what have I done? Am I really saved? Am I lost? Does, does, God, does the sacrifice of God on the cross of Calvary really save me? But no, we don't believe like that. We believe that if you are saved, you are truly saved. That's why I'm trying to stress on the fact that doctrines are very important. Because the instruction we receive when it is being taught, when it is becoming our way of life, you and I live our lives knowing that we who are once sinners have been truly forgot, uh, forgiven and therefore we do not carry the burden of our sin anymore. Praise the Lord. But can I also give us all a warning? Just because you and I are saved and we know that our salvation will never be lost, does that mean that we have a license to continue to live in sin? No. And how can you and I keep ourselves in check? By following the doctrines. Because if we had no instructions, if we had no teachings, if that was not our standard of our way of life, you and I know we are on our way to heaven. And therefore, it doesn't matter how I reach there. No, it matters. Why does it matter? Because the scriptures teach so. How do we know? Because when you and I read the word of God, you and I will understand the standard that is taught by Jesus Christ, laid down for born-again believers to follow. So doctrines are very important, brothers and sisters, because those instructions become our teachings, which become our pattern, our way of life. The doctrines of the church. You know, very interesting when I was just preparing for this. In the Old Testament, we can consider the law that was given to the people of Israel as the doctrine that was given specifically for the people of Israel. The law that was given to the people of Israel was their instructions, what they taught and what became their way of life. It was the doctrine that was given to God specifically for the people of Israel and how God dealt with the people of Israel by giving them the law or the doctrine. I want to read two verses to allow us to understand the significance of the law or the doctrine. Number one, turn with me quickly to Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verses 11. 
Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verses 11. I want you to listen very carefully and follow along with me in your scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verses 11. Look at what it talks about the doctrine or the law. It says, now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. You look at how he continues to say in verse 15. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, degrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. You see the doctrine that God talks about when he, when he, when he deals with the people of Israel. He says the law that I'm giving you is, is not something that should become a burden. It is not something that is too difficult for you. It is not too far away that you cannot reach it. And how can you and I apply the law? God tells the people of Israel, He says, to obey God, walk in His ways, keep His commandments, keep His degrees, and keep all of His, His laws. And that was the significance of the doctrine that God had given the people of Israel. That they were bound by it, that they were supposed to follow it. And they were supposed to obey all the commandments that was given by God. And therefore, the law became the way of life for the people of Israel. If you go to a Jewish man, you go to a Jewish woman, and if you ask them, why do you practice this? Why do you do this? They will simply say, this is what our doctrine teaches us. You get what I'm trying to say? You know, I came across a beautiful Another verse in the Old Testament. If you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Another significance of the doctrine that was given to the people of Israel. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 verses 1 onwards. Now listen to me carefully. It's a very beautiful illustration. Proverbs chapter 4. Listen my sons to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or severe from them. You know, let me ask you all a question, brothers and sisters. You know who are the, whose words these belong to? It belongs to King Solomon. And when it belongs to King Solomon, Solomon talks about his father, who was? Who was David. But he also talks about his own children. And you see how three generations were molded by the doctrines and the teachings of the Old Testament. He says, I remember, so beautiful, right? Verse 3, when I was a young boy in my father's house. When I was a young boy in my father's house. Who taught him the doctrines? His own father, David, sat with him and he explained the teachings of the Old Testament. So much so that it affected his life and he was able to teach, his, teach it to his own sons. And three generations were affected by the teachings of the doctrines of God's holy word. You see that? 
And David the father very clearly gave the instruction and says, don't turn away from the doctrines because if you turn away, you will not receive the blessings of God. And that is what exactly happened in the life of King Solomon. When his heart became very cold towards Yahweh and his heart became warm to the idols. Brothers and sisters, do you and I take time to teach doctrines to our children? Do you and I take time to explain the truths of God's holy word that is found in scripture? Or do they come to church, do they sit, do they observe and do they do random things just because everybody is doing it? No. But you and I need to take time to impart the teachings of God's scripture not only to our present generation but for the generation that is to come. Look at all these beautiful children that the Lord has blessed us with. And God has given you parents. God has given us as a church a huge responsibility in in imparting to them the teachings, the doctrines of God's holy word. You know the word doctrine shouldn't frighten us. It shouldn't scare us. It shouldn't make us think that it's boring. That it's too heavy a burden to bear. But rather these are valuable truths that you and I need to learn so that you and I will adopt this into our way of life. That is the doctrine that is taught in the Old Testament. What happens in the New Testament? Turn with me very quickly to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Quickly. And can, we see, can we read this verse together? It's there on your screen. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in, I can't hear, so that the man of God may be Thoroughly equipped for every good. You know the word teaching actually means doctrine. The word of God was breathed by God himself. God was the one who brought the word into life. And if God is alive, and if God has brought his breath into the word of God, anyone who reads the word, who understands the word, who applies the word, will have the same life that is there in God. And the word of God was brought into life by him and is therefore useful for doctrine. It is useful for rebuking. It is useful for correction. It is useful for training in righteousness. So that the man, the woman, the brother, the sister, the father, the mother, the leaders, all of us together, that Calvary Bible Fellowship will be thoroughly equipped for every good If you and I study and understand what the doctrines are, you and I will be able to make that into our way, our pattern of life. Can I read one more verse from the New Testament? Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15 to 16. Quickly, turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15 to 16. Can somebody read that verse for me loudly? Be diligent diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly so that everyone will see how you and I grow in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch your life, Apostle Paul reminds Timothy. But not only your life, your life needs to go hand in hand with your... Your life needs to go hand in hand with your... With your doctrine. Preserve in them. And therefore, when we stand in the presence of our Lord... You and I will not be disqualified from the price or the rewards that the Lord has created.
for you and for me. Now, we've been talking about the doctrines, the various, the, the importance of how the doctrines came into scripture. What do we understand by doctrines? But I want to take the next few minutes to talk about how do you and I understand what are the most important doctrines? Now, how do we derive our doctrines today? How do we know which are the doctrines that you and I need to follow? What are the doctrines that is of most important value when we come together as a community, as a church? Now, there are three important things I want you to keep in your mind when we derive any doctrine in the, from the Holy Word of God. Three important things that you, uh, that you and I should keep in our mind. Number one, when we derive our doctrines, the first thing that you and I need to keep in mind is that Jesus should have spoken about it. Jesus should have spoken about it. That is how you and I derive our doctrines from the Holy Word of God. Now let me expand this. I don't mean the very words that come out of his mouth. I'm talking about Jesus having classes based on these topics. Jesus giving lectures. Jesus teaching his people. Jesus talking about this in detail from the Gospels. If Jesus has spoken about this, if Jesus had thought about this, if Jesus so much so believed it, that he thought it was important that everybody else might know, I believe that that becomes an important doctrine for the New Testament church. You get what I'm trying to say? Jesus, number one, should primarily have believed it, thought about it, spoken about it, and you and I would find it written exclusively in the Gospels. Not just mere words I'm talking about. Not just one or two phrases. But Jesus wholeheartedly teaches about these things during his life in his earthly ministry when he was in this world. We would find the evidence of that teaching in the Gospels. Number two, not only, did Jesus, not only that Jesus would have spoken about it, but Jesus would have taught his disciples. The disciples also would have practiced it. And you would also find it in the teachings of the disciples. Number one, how do we derive a doctrine? Well, if Jesus spoke about it, if he so much believed it, and if he so much taught to all the people that he was in and around with, that is criteria number one. Number two, if the disciples received that from the Lord Jesus Christ, and if they taught, practiced it, that is also another important criteria for us to derive a doctrine that you and I ought to believe today and practice in our churches today. Number one, we would, be fi we would find that Jesus spoke and he mentions it in the Gospels. Number two, the disciples would have believed and practiced it. And number three, we would find it in the New Testament epistles. Not only in the Gospels, but we would also find these teachings in the New Testament epistles. Now, now, let me make something very clear and I hope you listen very carefully and pay careful attention to what I'm trying to say here. Now, like I mentioned before, if I look at the audience, we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different denominations. There is nothing, there is absolutely nothing wrong in being associated to a particular denomination. Absolutely nothing wrong. And if you and I say that we come from a particular denominational background, there's nothing wrong with that. But I would like to encourage all of us to understand that today we would like to call ourselves a New Testament pattern church. I think that is what matters the most, more than any denomination. You understand what I'm trying to say? Because denominations were made by man himself. And denomination has no significance in the eyes or the sight of a holy God. 
What matters most is when we call ourselves an assembly, a church that is based on New Testament pattern. We use that when we go out for outreach. When people come and tell us, where do you come from? Yeah, we say that we are from the Protestant background. There's nothing wrong in saying that. But we would like to say that we are a New Testament pattern church. Why? Because our beliefs, our statement of faith, our doctrines, our teachings are all found and based in the Gospels and the Epistles. I hope you remember a couple of months back we studied as to how the law has no significance for us today. You remember that? Only whatever is restated from the old and the new is what you and I are supposed to follow. But you and I are born again believers, part of Calvary Bible Fellowship. And we are an assembly or a church that follows the New Testament pattern. And where do we get our teachings from? How do we derive our doctrines, number one? How do we derive our doctrines, number one? Jesus should have spoken about it. He should have believed in it so much so that he taught it, that you find it written in the Gospels. Number two? The disciples received that from the Lord and they also believed, practiced and taught it wherever they went. And number three, a little more louder, you, will, you and I will find those teachings written in the, in the epistles. And that is how you and I derive New Testament doctrines. Now can I take a couple of minutes to put this to the test? Can we just talk about baptism? Did Jesus talk about it? Yes or no? I can't hear. Okay, now did the disciples believe it? Did they practice it? Did Jesus talk about the baptism in, in, in the Gospels? Yes, he did. Do you find it in the epistles? And therefore, baptism becomes an important doctrine in the New Testament assembly. That is why you and I believe in baptism. That is why brothers and sisters, last week, like Johnny was saying, last week our brothers and our sisters obeyed the Lord in the waters of baptism. Why did they obey the Lord in the waters of baptism? Because it is an important teaching that you and I must follow after we've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. And together today we worshiped our Lord. That's because it is an important teaching found in the New Testament. Let me ask another example. The Lord's table. Did Jesus talk about this? Yes or no? A little more louder, yes? Not only did Jesus talk about it, but he also? He instituted it. He was the one who gave clear instructions. Remember his words in the Gospels. Whenever you partake of this, do this in, in remembrance of me. Did the disciples practice this? Yes or no? Oh, the first day of the week as it is written in the other books in Acts, they got together to break bread and to remember the sacrifice of the Lord. And you see that a clear teaching is found in the epistles. That is why you and I come together and you and I participate of the Lord's table. Now let me ask you a question. Jesus indeed spoke about participating of the Lord's table. Jesus indeed spoke about worship. But did he talk about the pattern of worship? Yes or no? Did he say that when you come together for worship, you must only have three songs before you break bread? He never said that. Did he emphasize on the color of the cloth that you cover the emblems? He never did that. That are decisions that the elders and our, our leaders of the church make and you and I abide by it. 
And therefore, you and I don't need to fight about those small, small things. I'm not saying anybody here is fighting, but that happens in churches. They emphasize on those things that are absolutely not of that significance. But on what the Lord Jesus signified, you and I hold on to, you and I follow, you and I obey. Now let me give you another illustration to make you clearly understand that. You know, when Jesus broke bread with the disciples, it was part of a meal. You get that? Right? Jesus did not get them together just to break bread and to drink of the wine. It was part of a meal. They had a meal together. And while they were having the meal, Jesus took the bread, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And then they continued their meal and then he took the cup, he drank of it and he gave it to his disciples. You come to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which we will study, the same thing was there. But you see that Jesus never gave emphasis to that meal part. He only gave emphasis to the breaking of bread and to the drinking of wine. So there is absolutely nothing wrong for you and me to gather together for a meal and to break bread. And we do that once in a while. We on a, Once in a month we get together, we order lunch, we have fun, we rag everybody. But the most significant thing that the Lord emphasized that night with his disciples was the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine. You get what I'm trying to say? So you and I cannot merely, now listen to me carefully, you and I cannot merely read one or two words from the gospel and derive a doctrine. No. You and I need to read the gospel as a whole. You and I need to read the epistles, put the teachings together and understand what is the significance that the Lord instructed, that the disciples believed and taught and what has become a way and a pattern for the New Testament believers that they actually need to follow. Remember, keep these three things in your mind. When we talk about doctrine, it talks about instruction that the Lord Jesus gave. It talks about the teaching that the, uh, that the disciples believed and taught their church and it has today become our pattern and our way of life. You know, brothers and sisters, doctrines are very important for the New Testament church because it also allows us to understand what are the false teachings that you see in the churches that are there today. There are so many born-again believers who gather together. There are so many Christians who gather together in the name of the Lord. But if you look at their instructions, their teaching and their way of life, you understand it is very different or contrary to the teachings that is found in God's holy word. It's very different. And therefore you and I will be able to put a guideline and understand what do we need to follow and what is it that you and I should not follow. Let me give you an example. You and I know about prosperity gospel, right? We have heard of preachers who stand on the pulpit and take the very word of God and they say, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, your problems will come to an end. There are people who use the word of God and say, if you place your trust in the Lord Jesus, your bank account will increase. You will have more money. God wants you to live a lavish life. This is the instruction they feel, they have received from the Lord. This is what they believe and teach. And that has become the way and the pattern of the people believe this we know of many pastors who pray to their congregation and say I need a private jet of my own so that I can fly to wherever I need to go and preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ can I pray like that on the other side when you read the gospels and the epistles Jesus gives you the other side of the story 
the moment you place in your, your faith and your trust on the Lord Jesus Christ, they will hate you because they hated. They will kill you because they, they killed me. Nowhere does the scripture teach that when you and I place our faith and our trust in the Lord, all our prosperity will increase. It might, accordance to the will of the Lord, but that is not a guarantee because you and I place our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. No, that does not happen. And that is a false teaching, that is a false doctrine that is spreading around Christianity today. But that is not the teaching that is found in the Holy Word of God. Brothers and sisters, I want us to be very careful when we, when we read the Word of God to see the instructions that is being given by the Lord Jesus Christ, to see what the disciples believed and practiced and taught in the local assemblies and to see the pattern of life that they have been doing and you and I derive our doctrines on the basis of that. If I could just quickly turn your attention to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Quickly. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 3. Can somebody read for me verses 3? If anyone teaches a different doctrine mm-hmm. and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ uh-huh. and teaching that affords with godliness, okay. he is puffed up with conceit okay. and understands nothing. Okay. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, that's enough, that's enough. If anyone teaches that which is false, if anyone does not agree to the sound instructions of our Lord Jesus Christ, if anyone does not teach that which is godly teaching, he is conceited and he understands absolutely nothing. Can I just read one more verse for you? Can you just look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 17? You look at the danger of false teaching. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 17. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Or in other words, cancer. If you and I are not careful in the doctrines that we believe in, that we teach, that we adopt as our way of life, it will spread to our community, to our churches, to our cell groups, in our Sunday school as cancer. And the church of God will not grow, but rather it will die. And you and I need to be very, very careful in what the doctrines of God's holy word are. You know, the next time you and I read the word of God, when you and I have a doubt in what are the doctrines that we believe in, let's just follow those three simple things that we just studied today. Did Jesus talk about it? Did Jesus spend time emphasizing on this? Did he believe in it so much? Did the disciples receive that instruction, believe, practice and teach it to the local assemblies? And was that the way and the pattern of the early church? Now, brothers and sisters, let me, let, me, let, me instru- let me teach you again very carefully. It's not that if Jesus only made mention of it. No, not like that. Because sometimes Jesus did not speak specifically or clearly about it. Let me give you, quickly give you an example. When you read the Gospels, Jesus did say that he would come back. But he never gave much details. Correct? Right? But Jesus did say, he said, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I prepare a place, I will come back. That's it. He does not mention anything else after that. In the book of Acts chapter 1, when you read, when Jesus was ascended into the heavens, the angel said, Why do you look at that? The same way how the Son of Man went up, is the same way that he will come back into this world. Jesus did not say much. And that does not mean that that is not an important doctrine. No. Because even though Jesus only mentioned Just a little thing about it, 
when you come to the epistles you see the clear teaching regarding the second coming of the lord jesus christ and today the second coming or the rapture is an important doctrine in the new testament church you and i believe based on the epistles that the lord jesus christ will come again and when he comes all those who call upon the name of the lord will be taken with him to live with him forever and ever can you quickly turn with me to the book of first corinthians chapter 11 now like i said first corinthians please open your bibles to first corinthians chapter 11 when you look at chapter 11 chapter 11 is a topic that talks about the aspect of worship and that's an important doctrine in the new testament teachings did jesus talk about worship did jesus talk about worship but the disciples believe and practice it and do you find it in the epistles and that's become an important doctrine today i know some of you might be thinking when you read chapter 11 verses 3 it's talking about head covering and jesus never spoke about head covering but you know again let's not just randomly read a couple of verses here and there even though the emphasis even though the head covering is mentioned in this passage i believe the passage basically talks about headship and even though apostle paul teaches how the women must behave in the church i believe the emphasis in that passage is about headship the role that god is intended for women women in creation and did jesus talk about that in the gospels oh yes he did and that's what you and i must read and believe and apply in our life when you read from verses 17 he talks about the participation how should you and i participate in the lord in from the lord's table that's an important teaching in the new testament church chapter 12 first corinthians chapter 12 he talks about spiritual gifts it's a beautiful teaching on how you and i are gifted by the lord what our gifts are and how we must use our gifts when we come together as a community as a church in chapter 14 he talks about the abuse of spiritual gifts so when he talks about spiritual gifts in chapter 12 he talks about the abuse of the spiritual gifts in chapter 14 in chapter 13 he talks about the aspect of love that means that must be the foundation of why you and i use our spiritual gifts in the church of god first corinthians 15 the resurrection chapter jesus himself said that even if i die i will rise again the disciples believed they taught it in the epistles this is the backbone of our christian faith you remember apostle paul said if christ had not risen again our gospel is in is in vain and the resurrection of the lord jesus christ has become an important teaching and a doctrine in the new testament church first corinthians chapter 16 helping the needs of others it's an important doctrine because jesus did that through his entire life he taught his people as to why we should care for one another the disciples did that you know basically that was how the church was established they went out sought the needs of others they proclaimed the gospel helped them they received the gospel and people came together as a community and that's what you and i are going to be spending the next couple of weeks and months if the coming of the lord tarries to study these important doctrines from god's holy word brothers and sisters i don't want us to 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 think that doctrines are not for us it's too heavy for me it has no application in my life but no i want us to understand that doctrines are instructions and teachings that will and should become our way and our pattern of life i'm just going to take a few more minutes i i i i request you to give me your careful attention 
the doctrines very clearly teach us as to how you and I must live our lives as New Testament believers. But that's not all born again believers. The, New Test- the, the doctrines found in scripture also reveal to us about the character of who God actually is. When you read the Bible, the Bible gives us a clear understanding of who God actually is. The Bible paints this picture as, of God as the one who created the entire universe. He was the one who created, as we remember this morning, the sun, the moon, the stars and the planets. He was the one who created man in his own image and his own likeness. And because God created man in his own image and in his own likeness, the word of God says in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. These are the words of God alone where God proclaims to man that he created, that he loves them with a love that is everlasting. Doctrines teach me that there is a God who created me, a God who loves me, a God who knows all the sin and all the shame that I have done and that I will do. And yet the Bible teaches that he still loves me. The doctrines of God's holy word also allows me to understand how pathetic I am. And how sinful I was from the time that I was born. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23 that I have committed sin. That all who have sinned have fallen short of the glory of God. My dear friends, if there's any of you coming here for the very first time, or probably you have been part of this fellowship for a very long time, I want to remind you that the doctrine of God's word reminds us that we, when we were born, we were born as sinners. Anyone who is born in their sin, anyone who continues to live in their sin, anyone who dies without God in their life will go only to eternal damnation. And when God created man, he loved man so much. And when man was created, man broke the commandment of God. He committed sin and he was born as a sinner. And that is how you and I are sinners in this world. But that is not the end of the story, my brothers and sisters. There's a beautiful verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm sorry you can't see it very clearly there. You know, if you read this verse, it says, if you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15, it says, for what I received, listen to me carefully, please look here, for what I received, instruction, I passed on to you. And that is teaching. And that has become of first importance, the way of life. And what is that way of life? It says that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Brothers and sisters, dear friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news that even though we were sinners, the God who created this entire universe sent his only begotten son to die for wretched sinners like us. He died, he was buried and he rose again on the third day so that those who place their trust and their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will truly become saved. The word of God teaches that those who call upon the Lord, to them he has given them the privilege to be called his children. Brothers and sisters, those of us who are already the children of God, can I ask all of us, do we live our lives in the light of the doctrine of the New Testament? Do you and I know what the doctrine are? Do we spend time reading and understanding what the doctrines of the New Testament are? And for those of you who have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, can I remind you again, there is a God who truly loves you. Let me remind you that the Bible teaches that by your own strength you cannot do anything to receive the merit of God. And let me also remind you, that God sent his son to die for a wretched sinner like If there is anybody sitting here, all you need to do is to open your heart and ask the Lord Jesus to come and live inside. 
Would you stay back with us after worship so that we can talk, pray and help you in your decision, in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we close in prayer? Before we close, as we do every time, if there's anything that you would like to set things right with God, I just want you to take a next, the next few minutes and set things right with Him. All of us who are born-again believers, can we examine our own lives in the light of what we studied today? Do I value the doctrines? Do I spend time studying His Word? And do I understand the teachings of Christ, what He taught His disciples, or what has become our way of life? If there's anybody sitting here who has not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, can I encourage you to think about your relationship with the Lord? And if you are yet not his child, would you be willing to receive him as your personal Lord and Savior? I will pray and close, but before we do that, if you would like to pray and set things right with him, you can do that right now. Father God, we want to thank you that you have given us your living word. And Lord, we confess that many times we fall short of the standard of God's holy word. But we thank you that there is forgiveness and grace at the cross. Father, would you create an interest in us to desire more of your word, to desire more of your teachings, your doctrines, and apply them so that they become our way of life. Lord, we, we, we ask you for strength to give us the grace, the courage that we need to walk every day in the newness of the teachings of God's holy word. And I want to pray for our friends who have come here for the first time and would have not enjoyed this relationship with you. I pray that they would understand the true meaning of the gospel. Bless us, guide us, keep us safe. Father, if you are to return today, what a joy it would be for us to be reunited with you. We will say goodbye to our sorrows, our pain, our suffering. But if your coming tarries for reasons that's only known to you, if you tarry for one more day or week, enable us to live our lives on the basis of all that we've heard today. Take all the praise, the glory and the honor. For in Jesus Christ's most holy precious name we ask and we pray.